You are listening to the Be Fit and Me podcast with your co-host, Lena. And your co-host, Amber. Be Fit and Me is a podcast dedicated to women. And men. Okay. Who want the best out of life. Our goal is to create a community where we can share our struggles, victories, and experiences to encourage not only ourselves, but you, and to inspire each other. We're not experts, doctors, or psychologists, but hope you'll follow us on this insane journey as we strive to have it all. Let's go. Hello, hello. Testing. Is anyone there? Do you remember us? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Finally. To another episode of the Be Fit and Me podcast with your co-host, Amber. And I am Alina. And we're back. Amber is actually has a new last name, a new woman, a new lady. Do you feel any different? I don't have a new woman, a new lady. I am a new woman, a new lady. I have a new husband. What did I say? I have a new lady. I have a new lady in my presence. There is a new woman sitting right here in front of me. With a new last name. Yes, she got married. Look out, world. Yeah, so a lot has happened in the past few weeks, which is part of the reason why we haven't been able to post a new episode recently, but we're both really excited to be back and getting ready to really launch uh, 2019. Well, we were supposed to come back on the 25th, but you had like a surprised honeymoon what'd you call it it wasn't really a honeymoon it was a, a micro moon yeah <laughs> so that's why we were planning on having a week off and then it ended up being two weeks but it it's was okay. much it's needed. march it's spring renewal oh yeah it's know, so spring it's here in time. la i know can we just for a second can we talk about the weather so it's really a bit depressing and i know it's hard for anyone else in any other parts of the country like the east coast for you know people in la to be talking about 50s and 60s as bad weather but it's been raining like pretty much every week it's depressing for the past couple of months and now going into this week as well as we're heading into march which is unprecedented and then i even heard that i think this past february was the first time it never and went above said, 70. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. And so I'm just really, you know, this isn't what I'm paying for. Oh, I'm Lord. I'm paying for the LA weather. <laughs> I'm not paying for this rain and like 58 degrees. This is what I moved away from. So I understand. But we also need it. And it's good to have it now because when summer hits, we're going to be, you know, really wishing that it was raining and cold again. Okay. No, I won't be. <laughs> but I will say too, it had a huge impact on my wedding because to be honest, like we were not planning for rain. And so anyone who's planning any part of their wedding outdoors is always going to have a plan B, but it was never really, while we're, you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, we know, like we should think about that, but it's not something that we realistically thought we would have to deal with. And so our, the last couple of days before a wedding, we were scrambling for a plan B and oh, I was planned to be outside on the sand. No, no, plan A was oh, outside uh, oh, for the wow. ceremony. Oh, the I didn't know that. Was okay, be outdoors, and so the reception was in an indoor outdoor space. So because of the weather, we had to move both the ceremony and the reception. And thankfully, it didn't actually end up raining on 
the day of our wedding, but it was still pretty cold and it windy. was windy. And so yes. it kind of was a blessing in disguise because had we not been hit with the possibility of rain, we never would have thought about moving it indoor because of the cold. I wind. thought it was planned that way. The way so. it looked and was set up, I just thought it was okay, just, good. Yeah. Um, but no, but we were essentially we were scrambling the last couple of days to like fill in the reception space and getting like the swagging for the room and all that stuff that we weren't going to need under our initial plans. You wouldn't have even noticed, pulled it off. You had a good wedding planner, the lady that worked with you. That was well done. Yeah, Ashley was great at the hotel. She's amazing. And even if it did rain, that is supposed to mean good luck. So the whole weekend, you know, it was gloomy, but it, and like you said, a blessing in disguise. And I think there should be, you know, consider it a good luck thing. Yeah. And I actually mentioned that in my vows because- it rained. Oh, that was cute. I was saying it rained on my first dress fitting, my second dress fitting, and my final dress fitting. Like in LA, <laughs> I feel like that's not the likelihood of that is probably like 2%. <laughs> but it happened to me. It rained the day I had to go like try on my wedding band. So I feel like rain, it rained on our first date. It rained on our first day. It was day. destiny. So I feel like rain, rain is like all always going to be when you give yeah. birth. It's going to be a rainy, <laughs> gloomy day. Yeah, everything is going. <laughs> rain's following you forever, honey. But in general, her wedding was beautiful. Your dress was beautiful. Everything was on point. I just watched a little. Was it three minute video? It was like eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay, what went by really fast. Um, so professionally done. Um, we did oh, a, dro- a, a droid. What do you call it? a drone? A droid. <laughs> A drone looking at the whole city, the marina. It was so beautiful. You wouldn't even have known it was such a cold day. It looks so hot and sunny. Yeah. So our videographer, Jake Albrecht, is amazing. And so he cut an eight-minute version, and then there's also a longer 15-minute version. And then he did um, one that we could post for Instagram. So we posted that, which is just under a minute, which is kind of a highlight. And so, yeah, I mean, he does beautiful work and yeah, we were really excited and really happy and it's a great way to memorialize our wedding day. I, um, my, the person I happened to go with my date enjoyed himself (laughs) quite a lot. He had a great old time and really, really loved it. (laughs) He had a highlight in the video not to mention he was like called out by different people so his presence at the reception (laughs) was an unforgettable unforgettable moment for all of our guests yes so it's usually (laughs) me I'm the one who's usually we had reversed roles because he's usually the one who sits back and is laid back but I just love that he let go and he was having a good time and um, I just let him have his moment, and he surely did. <laughs> he turned it out. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. The food was good. Everything was good. Um, what was so cute is that when they walked out, they played the Simpsons song, and that was so cute. So all these little small details made it so beautiful. And the DJ was great. It was a female DJ. She yeah. did. She played a lot of um, DJ Cara, like stuff that we grew up on. Yes. And old school stuff, and of course the atomic dog. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, it was it was really beautiful. It was a it was a great moment. I did find it funny, and I knew I was going to call you out on this. Mark really wanted his kiss. He wanted that big, passionate <laughs> kiss, and Amber was really holding back. She was no, we got to make this look 
like perfect no slop <laughs> no slobber no, no sloppiness we practiced okay it was like okay we don't want to go in there with i'm missing your face you're missing my face so we did practice the day before um and it turned out a little bit differently but we did we did the three we did like a nice juicy lime and the follow-up and the yeah he wanted so the to get you and the aftershock yeah he wanted to get you at the right after you said i do and he definitely wanted to get one after that first dance i just cracked up because amber was being so delicate with it but he was wanting to be messy she wasn't having it it was great it's a great moment everything about it was great so thank congrats you. again thank you yeah it was a a great day honestly when I say the best day ever, I mean it sincerely. It was the first time that like all of my closest friends and family were in the same place at the same time, enjoying each other. And I was also happy to see my mom like come out of her shell and kind of have her moment. And um, so, yeah, so it was just a really nice time. And yeah. And then back to reality. Yeah. And then back to reality, (laughs) a micro moon, and then I get sick. (laughs) Life just happens um but the stress uh, stress of it all all paid off in the end um but how was your week otherwise after you went away and adjusted back to life as you've always known it work yeah well I was gonna say that commute now I know why people take honeymoons right after the wedding or destination weddings because I just you know you just think like okay I'm done people are gone I can just go back to work but one, you're so buzzing from the day, all of the, you know, energy and adrenaline that goes into, you know, planning the wedding, finally coming down from that. You really need a little bit of time to recover. So I'm glad I took an extra day. I probably could have used one or two more. Um, and then that next weekend, I just traveled with my now husband. Um, he was working um, in Denver. So I traveled there for the weekend, and which was great. We had a nice time, but I think it's also why I ended up getting sick because I was just doing too much, and I came back, and then the next morning, I had the scratchy throat, and all week, it was getting worse and worse and worse, and so now I'm finally on the other side of it, but you may still hear some of my congestion. So once this goes away, you know, I feel like I'll be able to get back to myself and I'm just happy to be out and about now and not, you know, stuck at home. I'm sorry. I was just looking at the buttons they were pushing because I think I slid it back. I hope it's not changing anything. Okay. You, Missy, how have you, your past couple of weeks been? Um, pretty good. Nothing really exciting on my end. Working as usual. Well, you said you're you know, finally starting to feel back to yourself because it has been a rough like Oh yeah, I mean the weather doesn't really help. I I'm affected by rain and gloominess, hence why I did move to LA thirteen years ago. I just I don't like how it makes you feel. And there's a reason why they make those sunrooms in places that get really cold like Alaska or, you know, the Midwest they have rooms dedicated to sunlight and it really makes yes. sense. So when you're used to the sun, not too hot though, I don't like it too hot where it's miserable, sunny weather. And then all of a sudden it's like everyday gloom and rain. It really affects your day to day. Like going to the gym, even though I do push myself, it does affect. Yeah. I'm affect a summer you. baby. So mm-hmm. I need sun to, it completely affects my mood. Yeah. So um, other than that, I mean, it was just, 
a big part of what I've been doing, like I've been mentioning in a lot of my podcast episodes is just really revamping my living situation. So, you know, getting rid of things. And my sister asked me to something to give up for Lent. Although I'm not religious, I said I'd participate. So every day I wanted to, even though I was already doing it, get rid of something, donate something and just clean stuff out that I haven't touched or I'm not using. And so that's my way of participating because I can't really say that I'm going to stop eating (laughs) certain (laughs) foods for 40 days. I think that's how long it is. And like I said, I'm not religious, so I'm not really going to go really deep into that. But I feel like you do something good by getting rid of stuff. So yeah, that's been my last couple of weeks and, you know, just focused on life, all of that. And, um, and also, you know, listening to all the gossip out there and trying to avoid it, but it's really hard not to when your phone (laughs) alerts you in the morning. (laughs) When you're someone like me and you've avoided social media, and if you didn't remember me saying, I deactivated my personal social media accounts, my Facebook and my Instagram. I uh, got I want to say in December, or it was around the new year, just for personal reasons, I just all of a sudden just wanted to deactivate it. So I have and life has been pretty freeing of it, believe it or not. And I thought I would escape all the gossip and um, trending topics, such as, you know, I don't know, nonsense in the media. But for some, yeah, Jesse Smollett, all Carly, the Chloe situation. Oh my goodness. Um, Trump, obviously, you know, that's every day. And, but I get alerted in the morning. I have a, you know, for some reason, my phone just knows either what I Google (laughs) for some reason, certain topics come up. Thanks you Google. But it also, yeah, it also thought I was at, we're recording right now. And they're like, how is Natalie Thai cuisine? Yelp was asking me that. Didn't really make any sense because I'm nowhere near Natalie Cuisine. We're in Playa Vista. Is there one near here? My phone's a little confused. But anyways, so in the morning I get alerts and one alert the other day was this Meghan Markle and Prince Harry gender topic, how they were going to raise. So I've, so based on a few outlets, news sources or gossip columns, they're having a boy. And it was stated, and I believe this was taken out of context because Meghan Markle did say she wants to raise her child in a neutral setting. So I think Correct. it was taken out of context and meaning colors, you know, not yes. blue or pink, which I totally agree with. But it's been circulating now that they want to raise their child with no gender stereotypes. Right. Which, it's growing. <laughs> it's growing. It also take us step back. Gender identity and sexual identity are also two different things. So I think that's what happens too, is that people don't really understand what these terms mean and what they are, and Mm -hmm. they conflate them. And so along it, then it turned into with no gender stereotypes, which also I was reading, I think it was a Vanity Fair article and Buckingham Palace like made a statement denying that they intended to raise their child gender fluid, which is now like another form. And I don't think exactly what was initially intended, you know, when Megan made that comment about yeah, I don't gender think, neutrality. I think also that so this could honestly be something they're not even having a conversation about. And I think it's an agenda on the social media's part because this is a woman who's not a traditional 
this is not tradition. She's stepping in as an American. She is African-American. She is an actress. So now they want to label, label her child this so-called way that she's going to raise her, you know, they're going to raise their right. child. She is that, she's the spokesperson for this now. This is what the media is now putting on her. Why couldn't Kate, you know, have this? That would right. not be... That would not be appropriate. That would not be allowed. How dare they? But it's okay for Megan because this is not the traditional. She's not pure white. You know what I mean? This is the way I'm thinking. And, um, well, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the goal though is for them to identify themselves as opposed to us identifying them. And so I would take it a step back to, you know, conflating these two very different issues. So there's, you know, raising a child gender neutral, and there is someone who is gender fluid. And so how I sort of see the distinction is that gender fluid is actually an identity. So it's something internal about how you express yourself. And so someone who's gender fluid is an identity just like it is to say, I identify as female, I identify as male, I identify as transgender. Someone who is gender fluid actually moves between genders as we know them. Sometimes they identify as female, sometimes they identify as male. I don't know if that also means they can identify as transgender. I don't know exactly how all of that works, but they're not all identifying as female always or always identifying as male. So gender fluid is something that is internal. It's about how you express outwardly. Gender neutral is something that's external that is put on you. So to say that you're raising a child gender neutral, it's to say that you're not going to give your daughter a pink blanket just yeah. because she's a, a female. Exactly. And you know, and you may give her a yellow blanket or a blue blanket or a green and not necessarily identify certain characteristics with your child just because they were born male or female. So it's two very different ideas. And I agree with you that there's this, some, there's a part of it that I do think is ignorance about what these different issues are, but another piece of it I do feel like is intentional. And so, you know, when Megan was expressing that she doesn't want her, you know, son, if it's a boy, that's what they're anticipating or her child to feel like they're guided in a certain direction just because they were born as a male or female is very different than saying she wants her child to be gender fluid. Exactly. (laughs) Like I, I agree. I don't want to, you know, when my baby comes along and we're revealing the sex or we know the sex is not like, okay, all we're going to do is pink and pastels and, you know, purples. And that means she's a woman, you know, that's never been my intention. So, I mean, I don't want anyone taking that out of context. Oh, now you're going to raise your child a certain way. And that's, I think what they're doing. Cause she just, I think it was an, uh, and a conversation that was overheard by someone else. And then it was twisted into this big old, story that's not who knows if you cannot a parent cannot decide that their child's going to be gender fluid that's something that's individual that's internal that is someone that it's what an individual is expressing so but you can decide as a parent that you will try to raise your child in the most gender neutral environment as possible and like i said that's with the colors or like i'm not going to have you know cars on the wall just because it's a boy and you know things like that society says only boys can like cars and sports Right, right that's ridiculous so yeah i get i get that side of it i think 
it's um like you said it's it's ignorance and it's also people well mainly it's ignorance people just want to label it one way and that's it and there's no thought behind what they're saying it's just okay this is what it is and we're going to tell the whole world and everyone believes it no one wants to have conversation about it because that's just what they believe now they believe that megan and markle and harry are going to raise their son like this even if if they're not going to have a son or not and it's a shame because they have to live their whole life like that anyone in that in that light that public I don't know why anyone would desire to be there. I know she didn't ask for this and he definitely didn't ask to be brought in this life, but there's some people who seek it. (laughs) They seek that. Why you would want that attention? Because I don't know. It's a scary, it's a scary world. It's scary to think about. Um, What was your experience growing up? What do you remember about like how your mother, your parents, you know, showed you, I guess, identity yeah. or identifying yourself as a a woman and how they treated maybe your brothers differently than you. Cause I personally yeah. don't think that my mom and dad did anything out of the owner. I think they just basically give us what they could give us. There wasn't really, well, I'm going to get blue and pink. I don't think it's as crazy as it is now. Yeah. And it was back then. Well, I, well, firstly, I grew up in a very traditional household. So it was my mom and my stepdad and my two younger half brothers. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she took care of the home. And that's all the household chores, that's cooking, that's cleaning, that's kids, it's everything. And my stepfather worked. And so, you know, that is what I saw growing up. But so also in my experience, I remember as a child, I would have to do chores and would be, you know, get my allowance or what have you. And I remember when my brothers were growing up, they didn't have to do the same chores as me and they weren't getting an allowance. And so at one point, you know, we also, because I was, you know, literally the black sheep in my family, I didn't know if that was because I was a girl or also because <laughs> you were the oldest. My race, yeah. My oldest, like yeah. it could be anything. So, um, but I did notice that, that they didn't have the same obligations to chores and allowance as I did as I was, um, coming up. So they didn't get allowance at all. And I don't remember oh. how it worked, but they, it's not like they had to go and like make their bed and do that kind of stuff. That I had okay. to do. Oh, maybe that's why you're in the position that you're in <laughs> now. <laughs> Just could think of be. it that way. Yeah. But But yes, but the other side of it is I think I recognized at a very young age that I saw my mom, you know, giving herself in the home. And I, and I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I recognized that I did not want to be in a position where I felt like I did not have any power because I did not earn any money for the family. And so as a child... I remember always wanting to get my be put myself in a position where I could make a living for myself and feel like I could contribute and make decisions. And so, you know, it's something about that experience that I knew just wasn't going to be for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I ended up on a path where I did. And so you know, it, it's interesting because I do feel like you are a bit of a reflection of what you experienced growing up. But at the same time, it was something from that experience that made me want more for myself. And not because anyone was saying, you can be anything you want to be, Amber. You know, yeah. their expectation was that 
you know, I was going to go off and get married in my 20s and, you know, become a housewife too. Like I, at some point in time, I thought I was going to meet my husband in college. We'd get married. I'd start having babies and like, that's what people do. And so it changed over time, but yeah, but starting out as a child, it was something about that experience where I felt like I saw something in the dynamic that wasn't comfortable for me. And I know, knew that I wanted something a little bit different for myself. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe that's why I'm the way I am. I mean, not, I think it, that is just the way I am. And that's the reason why it's, you know, my mother um, was a hardworking and she, you know, did, went to work every day, took care of three kids, you know, I, maybe even took care of my dad sometimes when he was around, you know, she was just that woman that just had to do what she had to do. And that's in me. It's my blood. And I can imagine being a type of woman that didn't have a say, like there's no way I could not state my opinion. And there's no way I could be with a man that not actually be able to be comfortable and confident to hear what I have to say and either have a conversation with me or just try to shut me up. I mean, trust me, there have been guys who want to control me. Yeah, you have all the money in the world, but I would not give up my voice for anything, for anything. <laughs> and I will say that maybe it's the Gemini in me, but I did, I, you know, all that to say is I did also adhere to a lot of, you know, female gender stereotypes when it comes to, you know, I love my Barbies. I love my dolls. I had mm -hmm. pink, you know. So I was very girly in that sense. But I also had younger brothers and there were like boys in the neighborhood I would play with. And we would go over there and play with like transformers and cars. Like I didn't feel like I couldn't do that just because I was a girl. So I feel like I was able to do both. And although I favored more of like the female stereotypical activities. I also got to do, I played kickball with the boys. I was good. You know, I played with cars. I played with transformers. I did Legos. I did all of those things too. So I think it was a good balance. And then you kind of figure out who you are from there, but it's having that opportunity to be able to do that without feeling like, oh, I shouldn't do this because I'm a girl or I need to do this because I'm a boy. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays, like we've been talking about everything is neutral. There was more, you know, girly stuff and boy stuff back then. And we played with all the girly stuff, but I didn't think that made me a girly girl. You know what I mean? Just by playing with it. It's just, it was fun to play with. We had trolls, we had Barbie stuff. I think we did have Lincoln logs. I mean, we built homes. I mean, we did everything, but back then playing outside is just what all kids right. did. You know, every right. kid did. You got dirty. You like to play in the dirt. Now kids don't even know what dirt is. They don't even know how to build, a, you know, do what you did and get in trouble and pick berries, right. you know, and everything is pesticides and you can't really go pick blackberries like you used to when I was younger. So just times are completely different in that aspect. But um, just in general of roles, I think they've definitely changed. You You see men staying home more often and women going to work and men are helping out with ch childcare and taking care of the kids and changing diapers. It's just things are reversed and it doesn't make a man less of a man by doing that. I think it makes him actually the opposite because more they're desirable. comfortable. They're more comfortable in their skin and they're proud to be a father that's more hands-on. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you think 30 years ago, it, people looked at you crazy. Like, how dare you stay at home and the wife goes to work, but now it's more acceptable. It's, it's more of um, just how the world works and operates. 
and more women are going out there and becoming bosses. Yeah. And then I think there are also those who still find some comfort in the more traditional setups. Of course. I mean, for me, if I'm contributing financially in the home, then I feel like my partner and my partner should contribute into maintaining the home. And so I think that sometimes we're still figuring out that balance. And I think us individually and then also just in society like what does that mean now you know and so because I think a lot of times it's easy for it to fall back on the woman so it's a little bit of when it comes to maintaining the home it's a little bit of a push pull but um there's more expected out of a woman these days yeah it is and so I think as long as you're with a partner who is you know understanding and wanting to contribute and you you're aligned with your values in that way it's easier but you still have to have the conversation because sometimes you know it's just easy to fall into you know your routines or your habits yeah communication no matter what regardless of what era we're living in you have to communicate so that is key right everyone will say that all the therapy books and relationship advice columns and therapists will tell you communication's number one so as long as you have that you can get through anything so how do you envision raising your future children when it comes to gender roles i mean i feel like with the color itself like i mean you think about that now and i've always thought like I've never been pink, pink, pink. I mean, I actually like pink on men. I think it looks good. And I've never really thought of it as, well, I'm not your typical girl. <laughs> so Let's I'm start there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not materialistic. I don't like jewelry. I don't like flashy things. I don't like, you know, I like putting my money in more travel and experiences than anything. So I'm, that's not where you're going to find me where I'm out looking for the most expensive. Yeah, we're complete opposite. I do like bling. I do like... Yeah, we are... I'm the accessory queen. We're the complete opposite in that aspect of things. Like everything. I mean, flashiness, period. I'm not... That's not me. So that that sets me apart from a lot of women I know. And, but I do like my fashion. I do like to dress up and I like to be flashy with me, my personal self when I walk into a room, I guess. Um, But as far as me raising my children... I think it's just important to just have conversations, you know, when they have questions, answer them honestly. And, you know, my, my child, not only when it comes to gender, but my child is going to stand out. My child is going to be different. So nowadays when you hear parents teaching them, you're you're a black boy living in this world that we live in, you have to teach them certain boundaries and how to um, become a man. So in that aspect, you do have to, you know, tell them specific things when it comes to raising a woman or, right. and it, you know, with um, kids in college getting raped. I mean, there's so many things that you have to, I don't know, for me personally, you don't have to, but you have to set them apart. Like you can't raise someone, oh, it's just a fantasy world and, you know, la la land and nothing's going to happen. It's just, that's not the real world. That's not fact. And that's, you've got to just like, you know, some parents, there's no losing or winning. No, I don't believe in that. I need my kids to learn to lose and be, you know, respectful. And you need to have them experience tough losses and experience, like if they touch something hot, they're going to, you know, learn from it instead of 
baby, you know, not babying them and trying to control if they fall or not. Allow them to get hurt. Allow them to experience stuff. I think it's a little bit of like what I mentioned before about being biracial and there's who I am and how I identify and how the world looks at me. Mm -hmm. So it's more so the understanding, you know, making sure for me, it would be making sure my kids are comfortable with who they are feeling like they can, you know, explore themselves. So, um, but also understanding that when someone from the outside looks at them, what they see and, but making sure that doesn't impact how they think of themselves. Exactly. And so I think when it comes to, you know, the idea of gender, gender roles, gender stereotypes, if I had a little girl, I'm probably going to very much so enjoy dressing her up and all those things because I know how I am. But at the same time, if, you know, she's five or six and she's pulling something that maybe I don't think that she should wear or like or what have you or would prefer she wear something else, I want to be comfortable as a parent to allow her to To do express herself. And not make her feel guilty or shamed or wrong because she likes something that maybe wouldn't have been my first choice for her. So that's the kind of parent that I want to be. And I also feel like in terms of raising a child gender neutral, it's like, yeah, you can have a gray room and no pink or blue all you want. But what are you living in your household? Like, are they seeing, you know, it's your a actions, woman yeah. who, exactly who has no voice and no contribution and a dominating mm-hmm. man who's, you know, off working or whatever, or are they seeing a partnership between their parents? So I, so I really feel like, you know, when it comes to raising your child in a gender neutral way, it's about the example that you set. And even if you are a mother at home working. If you're vocal in the household, you're contributing to decisions that are made. That is as good as an example as a mother who's also out working while the father's out working mm-hmm. or if the roles are reversed. So I think it's really the best example you can set regardless of whether you dress your child in pink or blue or gray or, you know, mm-hmm. a dress or pants is the life that you live and what they see. It's never what you say. It's always what you do. And so, yeah, you said it best. It's like, I'm not worried about any of that raising, you know, I would love to have a girl and I would love her to be a badass and be tall and be proud of it. Cause it took me a long time to figure that out, but I'm going to teach my daughter yeah, at a very, very, experience. Yeah. very, very young age because my mom didn't know my mom had to deal with, you know, dealing with, um, a baby that didn't look like her, you know, didn't right. have the same hair. So she was dealing with completely different issues and I was dealing with something else. And I mean, I know exactly what my daughter is going to experience. And if I have a boy, I know I have the greatest partner in the world that's going to raise, whether we have a, um, a boy or a girl, he's going to raise her in the best way possible, you know, but it's important to know that regardless if I have a boy or a girl, they're going to have a voice. And of course they can be whatever they want to be and do whatever they want to do. But at the end of the day, they got to learn challenges and they, and nothing's going to be sugar-coated. Nothing's going to be sweet. And I want them to be hit with every life lesson. And as long as we teach them at a younger age, that this is what you should expect. And this is how life's going to be because it's rough out there. And I can't imagine being a child in this day and age. Like <laughs> it's like for us to even think they about having that about children. every generation, but it's true because it just, and you just got to do your best and 
regardless of color. Like, come on. <laughs> my my girl will definitely look cute. You know, maybe we'll hold off on the makeup until maybe she's 20. <laughs> <laughs> she probably won't need it. She's going to have like all this skin. And as, long as, as long as we're, we're about education, we're about books and, you know, my partner's really into chess and education, education, education. But allowing one thing we agree on is being creative. And I think that I know we're going off subject a little bit. And I feel like in today's world, it's all about discipline and test and getting it right and no mistakes, don't mess up. And and instead of allowing your kids to be creative whenever they want to do, and of course, you're going to set up boundaries like we've already talked about, but let your kids experience stuff. Let them experience everything, music, art, design. If they want to pick out a dress you don't think is the best, you know, let them experience it. If they want to mismatch and go to school, I feel there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, maybe parents and teachers will look at you crazy, but it's their way of self-expression. And I think that's really important. Instead of you forcing it on them to be a certain way, yes, we're parents. There's going to be some kind of control. The lessons that they learn at those ages are going to stick with them just like they stuck with us. I remember things when I was like four or five, six, and they stuck with me forever. So... One of my coworkers had the best story about her daughter. She was dressing up in something like <laughs> shorts that were too short. And she's so cute. She's like, five, she's super young. And then she's like, look, you got to change. Like you can't wear that to school. So she comes back out in basketball shorts. Oh, And yes. she's like, I'm rolling. And she let her daughter wear it. Because that's what she wanted to wear. It's better just, than short I shorts. Just, I know, but I just love that story. And it also reminds yeah. me of like the Barbies, but I also play with, you know, you know, cars or whatever. And so it's kind of like that. She's like, yeah, okay, maybe this isn't appropriate for kindergarten, but I can rock these basketball shorts. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, there's another story. When I did grow up, I had a friend and she's probably, she does listen to this. So it's going to be interesting. I'll tell her after <laughs> I'm going to mention this. Um, but when we were growing up, it was like high school. And I remember her mom, because I didn't wear makeup. I didn't wear makeup until like my 20s. I didn't even do my nails. I mean, I was a straight up tomboy. There's a little, still a lot of tomboy in me. But um, her mom would always like, Lena, why don't you ma- wear makeup? And it was always like something that she really wanted me to do. And I, my friend grew up around that. It was, she's very girly. She's You guys are almost similar. But we were so close, complete opposite. And still to this day, I'll always remember that. And I was like, I want a man to like me for you know, my head and my wit and my charm, not the way I look on the outside, you know, that was never really something my mom instilled in me. Makeup was never really something that made me a beautiful woman. And so that stuck with me for a long time. And I never want to put pressure on my daughter to think that your value is how pretty you are, how beautiful you are, makeup, clothes, status, being popular. That's not important. And it's really important to me to instill that in my daughter and also my son. Basketball and football are not the the only things in life. And that's something that stood out and that's key for me to carry on in my parent, you know, my parenting technique and parenting skills. Trust me, it's going to be difficult no matter which way you look at it. It's going to be... We can lay it all out, have the perfect outline. It's just never... But I know based on my experience and what worked for me and didn't work for me, so we're done? That, yeah. Because I'm going to have to blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Amber's going to need to blow her nose. So that really wraps up our Megan, Markle, and Harry conversation and also our welcome back episode after the changed woman that Amber's become in the last over the last two weeks. She's a different woman, my different co-host. And it's still me. 
just now. No, you're a different girl. Wait, do you even feel different? No. No. Okay, good. No, I don't <laughs> like when people say once they get married, they feel different. And I was like, no. I don't get it. Shouldn't feel different. Right. Um, so yeah, so we are going to be back next week. Oh, sorry. We were supposed to talk about marriage. So our next episode is going to be marriage. Um, we haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah. So look out for us at befitandme.com. Email us at befitandme at gmail.com. And anywhere else they can find us, Amber? Can they find you? Not anymore. Oh, are we still on Facebook? Facebook? Yes. Amber will contact you on Facebook because I am so anti-social media right now. back <laughs> soon. <laughs> so reach out to her on Facebook. But still look out for me on befitandme.com. Until, until we speak again, have a great day, night, morning, whatever week. you happen to be doing. Yeah, week. That's good. And it feels nice to be back, though. So... Yeah, it feels so good. All right. Bye. Bye. Until next time, remember, stay sweet, stay sexy, stay sassy, but more importantly, be savvy. Oh, I think I got it all.